Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morillow and I have a great guest for you lined up today. But this podcast, it's about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, personal, professional and social transformation. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we're going to be diving deeply into topics at the intersection. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, sharing tools and resources, and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. But before I introduce today's guests, I have one request. Would you be willing to go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to, subscribe and leave a rating and review? It is so helpful to us. It actually enables the algorithms to find us. It helps people find our community and it helps our guests get their messages out to more people. It's a small thing, but it would mean so much to us. So thank you. So let me ask you, are you ready to be inspired? Because today our guest on the podcast is Catherine Bell. Now, Catherine is an award-winning Profit 500 entrepreneur and the best-selling author of The Awakened Company. Catherine blends wisdom traditions, practical know-how, and business research to create an alchemical business recipe. She has an MBA from Queen's University, a sociology degree from Western, and is also Riso Hudson Enneagram certified, and she's a yoga instructor. And our title for the conversation today is Awakening Ourselves, Our Relationships, and Broader Community. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much for having me, Jane. It's good to see you and reconnect with you again. Oh, it totally is. Now, we've known each other for a few years, but we haven't really spoken that much for quite a while. So I am really looking forward to our conversation today and thrilled to have you, honestly. But what I want to ask you to begin with, Catherine, let's let our listeners get to know you a little better. Can you give us a few insights of the real life human? You know, who is Catherine behind the bio? <laughs> Great question, Jane. Um, <laughs> You know, Catherine's just like everybody else. <laughs> Catherine, I am, um, you know, I'm a, a mother of two teenage boys. I have a passion uh, for business. I love my friends. I love communities. I love social justice. Uh, I love the earth. Uh, I love life. And if I were to be in service to anything it would be to inspire and to awaken people to radiate their their love and wisdom and also their power and right now i feel like it is such a poignant time in the world to truly for us all to take the time to wake ourselves up Yes, and, and you and I really feel the same way I think about these things. And, you know, before I go into this time, because I think you're right, this is very poignant times. And, you know, and I want to be thoughtful about that as we go into our conversation today. But I'd love for the, our audience to really get a sense of, you know, you've written this book, The Awakened Company. So tell us about your work in the world. Tell us what it is you're passionate about and what, what it is you're taking a stand for with your business. 
So our vision is to awaken the fire within. And that is within organizations, within ourselves and within the world. And our values are, you know, to do it with passion and, and playfulness and purpose. So really to, to live what we speak of. Um, so right now we're working with organizations on building um, their, their businesses. And it's building not in the sense of with the profit mantra, Jane. Mm. It's building with a sense of how, um, you know, how does our business contribute to the world? How are we going to measure our, our culture? And it's not to say finances aren't important because they are. However, from the research, it says two thirds of an organization's emphasis should be on corporate culture and how we're contributing to the world. And then it's almost like profit drive kind of drops out out of that noble purpose, as I call it in the Awakened Company. And, you know, I guess the, the story of the Awakened Company might be of interest to people as well, because the book, um, it wasn't easy, Jane. And I think there's many lessons to be learned in just the creation uh, of the book. And then as a result of all, uh, then as a result, the business uh, learnings from it. So I started to write the book along about seven years before it was published. I wrote it and I got feedback and I was told it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. So my business partner said to me, you know, you need to work on this and this. So I went back at it and I reworked it and reworked it. And I really wanted Eckhart Tolle's publisher to publish the book, Namaste Publishing, because I thought it had a different um, essence to it than maybe traditional business publishers would. Well, I gave it to Namaste uh, and they said, no way are we going to publish this. Absolutely no way. So then I kept on working through it, kept on working at it. And through the time, I kept on reminding myself to just keep on being open to learning that this is really in essence a way and means to for, for learning so that that learning can be tr transformed the world to help other people. And I did so many things wrong as an entrepreneur and also a small and medium sized business owner that each time I, I made mistakes, I was learning and that learning was then um, brought into the book. Oh, finally, you know, I namaste. I was, <laughs> I was bugging them. So in other words, what I'm saying, when you get a no, just keep on going. And finally they said, okay, Catherine, just maybe interview some business leaders. So I interviewed some business leaders, but so for example, uh, Rosemar Cario, the CEO of Patagonia. She did not know me at all. And I sent her a letter and I said, can I please interview for my book? Otto Scharmer from MIT and the Presencing Institute. Well, you didn't know me. Will you, can I interview for, for the book? Um, and you know what? Lo and behold, people said yes. Then Russ Hudson, uh, who wrote Wisdom of the Enneagram, also got involved. And then finally, so I said to Constance, who's the CEO of um, Namaste, I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready. And she finally, she said, yes, that we would publish the book. And so I guess my invitation to everybody listening to this is, you know, I went into my fear and I went into um, 
receiving no's and and there was acceptance and non-acceptance of those no's <laughs> and i really would encourage people now to stand up for what you feel is right action yeah and uh it's and now working with ceos and b businesses i'm seeing people more and more willing to stand up for what they believe in. And to me, that is really refreshing. I don't know if you're finding the same in your business mm. or not. Yeah. Oh, yes. And I, I really, I just want to honor what you've just said there, because I'm so glad that you've brought this kind of and given voice to it. Because I think so often when we're in business, we think that, you know, it's, I mean, I say we think that, we think there's a straight line to success. We kind of know there's not, but it's almost like unconsciously we think that, you know, we're going to build a business, we're going to write a book and people are going to love it from the get go and everybody's going to come. And what you're speaking to there, Catherine, is that iteration process, that that learning as you go. And it sounds to me right. And I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but it sounds to me like that book was your calling. You couldn't not do it. And so it taught you as you were going through. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, Jane, you're so right. Even, you know, I'm reflecting you, what you said just kind of brought back a memory instantly. So picture this, I'm sitting in a dimly lit cafe in New York city and um, I'm with my business colleague and all of a sudden, this name just dropped in the awakened company. And, and then I'm like, I'm going to write a book called the awakened company. And my business partner just turned to me as if knowing, you know, she said, absolutely. You need to trademark this now, yeah. you know? So there is that um, calling and the calling didn't come from me, Jane. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's so funny because when I reflect on my own life and, and I've been trying to explain this in, in a way that kind of makes sense to people, because a lot of people have said to me, well, how do I know if I have a calling? And it's, it's a really interesting question. I'd love your take on it, right? Mm -hmm. how, how do we know if we have a calling? And one of the things I noticed in myself was I have a very different relationship with sacred change makers than what I've had to all my other businesses. It's almost like, well, it is like I'm being led, right? Mm. That, and it's, it, there's like a more receptivity in my energy as the leader. Now that doesn't mean I don't step out and take a stand and be bold and things, but it just means I'm all in. It's like, I'm fully committed. It's like, there's no questions. Like I'm doing this thing, whether it, it works or not i'm doing it and i'm in for the ride and i'm 100 percent in it's like i can't not do it so how is it for you how did you know you had a calling well i truly believe um there's a divine plan for all of us mm. and it's for me it's when i'm open to receiving the subtle messages um, that are, are there. And in many ways, um, 
you know, being carried by that divine plan. And yet it requires our conscious choice. So being open to the subtle messages and also being aware of where my energy has been pulled has been very, very helpful um, to me. Like immediately when you asked uh, whether I would do this, I, I didn't have any hesitation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> and, and, that, and that's true for me in the asking. It was like, I need to ask you, because we were literally on social media, weren't we together, commenting and having a conversation on social media. Was, and I straight away got, I need to ask Catherine to come onto the podcast. I just knew it came from outside of me, but I just knew, and I knew you would say yes, because it's almost like it was in that divine plan. But there's something I want to ask you, right? Because mm. listen to our conversation here. You've got an MBA, Catherine. You're, you're very experienced in business, as am I. And here we are talking about divine plans and sacred callings and, and things. So was there anything in you that felt reluctant to embrace and move into this more receptive space? I mean, I, I dare to call it feminine energy in some ways, but, you know, in some ways, this is the language that is not often welcome in many corporate organizations. Mm -hmm. um, so, Jane, now I feel like there's a real invitation for all of us to combine the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine. And it's not um, always comfortable to um, talk about the sacred feminine. However, what I'm finding and learning is that it is becoming more and more commonplace. So for example, when people speak about what, is their, what are their personal visions, what are their personal commitments, um, those tend to be more mercurial and more feminine. And, and the truth is we need the action plan associated with that. Mm. Um, so it's the combination of the divine feminine and divine masculine. Now in business settings, you can't, it's challenging to say, okay, because I, I, I'm also a Jaroslowski fellow at, at Huskane School of Business. And, you know, I don't walk in and say, okay, we're going to talk about the divine feminine and divine masculine. <laughs> I, I just got this vision in my head of you like walking into a boardroom. And for some reason, I don't know why I'm going stereotypical. Like I'm seeing men in suits and you, you waltz in and like, because I can imagine you doing that to be fair. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. So disruptive. And yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, well, you're absolutely right. So the majority of my clients are male and the yeah. typical boardroom I walk into, it's all male and I'll be the only female in the boardroom. Um, and and um, I'm just very thankful for those people that are willing to listen and open themselves up yeah. um, to um, new, new models and new ways of working together. And that's the invitation for us all is how do we work better together uh, through challenging times? Because this is, you know, we're at a collective time, not at a self-preservation or individual time. Yeah. Yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about your book's called The Awakened Company. So what does that mean for you? Because that's an unusual title for a business book. Well, the book has three fundamental pillars, and that is wisdom traditions, business know-how, and practical business research, and practical know-how. It merges. It merges the divine feminine, divine masculine dream. And that alchemy can create results that are unprecedented. And it's not um, the results that we're actually concerned about. Rather, it's the quality of our moment-to-moment experiences. So the Awakened Company represents the interconnection of many and the intersections of many different traditions that are helpful to creating a more meaningful life where people feel like they they belong and are and are contributing to something greater than them themselves i am one of my my favorite things is to talk about how i feel like there's an awake asleep line in both the individual level so for example jane do you know typically when you're coming from a more awakened place than a a, an asleep place oh definitely yeah well i'd like to say that i do know when i'm in the awakened place i know when i'm in the asleep place of course i don't know till after (laughs) (laughs) there's something in all of us that knows when we're coming kind of from the above the, uh, the more awakened place and same in our relationships. When are we truly listening? When are we coming from when it's one-to-one? How are we truly appreciating the magnificence of the other? And then in the collective space, we all know when our businesses are contributing from an, a more a, awake place or more asleep place. Mm. So even that little, um, that little uh, method or template, you know, am I coming from an awake place? Are we coming from an awake place? Are we coming, are our collective coming from an awake place or are we coming from a more asleep place? And if it's in a sleep place, then how do we move up the level, so to speak, um, to a more awakened, expanded perspective? Hmm. So when you say move up the levels, is that like levels of consciousness or energy or, or how would you give voice to that? I, you know, levels of, levels of presence, mm. levels of um, health. Yeah. Because I believe when we're truly here, so not in the future, not in the past, that we can make our best decisions. You know, and it's, it's funny listening to you because I'm in this space now where I'm thinking, what, why wouldn't we want to be awake? Like, who wants to go to work with people that are asleep, really? Who wants to buy from people that are asleep? Who wants to listen to people or, or be in a team with people that are asleep? It just doesn't make any sense when you say it in such a, a clear way. Mm-hmm. And yet our egos can attach to certain things 
and can attach to the pain, for example. And let's get real, Jane. Some people need a paycheck. Right. You know, so it's, it's in those cases, it's the question is how do we fully arrive as best as we can, knowing that something else will emerge. And also to make very conscious and deliberate choices in terms of who and what we work for and what are we working towards. You know, and they're not questions that were kind of taught at school or college. Where, you know, these are not like everyday conversations, really, or they certainly haven't been in my life. I mean, how have you come to this place and these realizations, which in some ways, as you're speaking, really feel, Catherine, like your own awakening in a way. You know, it feels like you're leading the way for us into a, a different kind of space a different era in business almost hmm. uh, Jane I've, I've lived through some some painful experiences and I would never want anybody else to have to go through those experiences at work mm -hmm. or anytime so the invitation is for us all to be, you know, singing our best song. And as Benjamin Disraeli said, you know, don't die with your music locked up inside you. And that also requires us to let go of our fear and to truly have courage and love for what we stand for and what we're committed to. And that it's not always, so it's not always easy jane like for example a lot of ceos i work with they don't have a personal vision and they don't have they don't know or remember their corporate vision so if we don't have our inner compass aligned and our our north star aligned then it we can get lost i, I also say you know leader you're going to be led yeah so how do we get really deliberate in helping you know, ourselves awaken, our relationships awaken, our communities awaken to, for everybody to be singing their best song. And I'm thinking about, you know, you know, often at seven o'clock at night, everybody goes out and pounds the drums for the healthcare workers. Mm. And how do we keep that energy up? Singing our best songs for everybody. Oh, you know, as you're speaking, I've like got goosebumps and, you know, and I, I really feel when you, you talk about, you know, the seven o'clock, like for me, that's like a real moment of unity. It's like a real resonance and an honoring and an acknowledgement to you know, everyone on the front lines who's risking their lives right now, you know, for the sake of what are essentially strangers, people they don't know, in service of us all, which is quite extraordinary, really, in itself. And, and I am thinking about your book and your work and how, how necessary that is in our world to help usher in maybe a new way of being in, in ourselves and our relationships and our communities, which of course include organizational life. Mm -hmm. And you said one thing before we actually um, started recording today. You said that 
you had a sense that your book, The Awakened Company, was a little bit before its time. What did you mean by that? The Awakened Company is about our interrelatedness mm. and how we truly are connected and how we need to recognize what is essential and how do we contribute to the world. And it seems to me that that is what people are considering now instead of, you know, four years ago. <laughs> right. So you wrote that book so that you'd be here right now, ready with all of your learnings, ready for this time. Mm -hmm. And again, Jane, I couldn't have planned this myself. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I totally get that there's, something else here at play something working through you maybe that's really maybe helping us prepare and what if that were true you know what what is this time about i'd love to hear your sense of it and the meaning that like you're creating for yourself uh, during this time, what is it that this is about for you? Mm. So I, I truly feel that death is a great awakener. Mm. And, you know, unfortunately, I, um, I have known families that have been affected and um, some people have passed and that is a human tragedy. And this is a really a great time and an invitation for us to consider how do we want to be remembered? What do we want to say that we've stood for? How do we really truly want to live our lives? How can we support our local communities, recognizing that we're in this together? How can we support those who need our support? How can we support our mental, our mental well-being, physical well-being, social well-being? Now is a time to really consider how we all want to be remembered and how we can choose to make this time a time to inspire ourselves to what is true for us. And I'm not saying, Jane, you know, there was one night I curled myself into a ball and I just cried. So I'm not saying not to do that. I think that's important too. I really would love people to just, be, you know, be present feel into your bodies, consider your personal vision and how that vision manifests for the world, for our communities, both, you know, locally, nationally, internationally. And when we consider that, I think we'll be of service. And that is what the world needs now. That was just, you asked there some 
very, um, I, I want to say profound questions. And I want to say that in the full knowledge that they're also very simple questions, but they're questions that I think in our you know, busy modern lives before COVID-19 hit and, and the world kind of was stopped kind of on its axis and we had this global pause. I don't know that there was a lot of space in, in, in that time for the questions that you're asking there. And I, I, I really hope that people are kind of using this time in a way to really self-reflect in the way you're suggesting. Mm. Because as I heard you say each of those questions, I kind of knew my answers before you'd even like, you know, ask the question. I, I know what is most important to me. And I, I think that that is something we all share in humanity. When we, we stop and reflect, we can get really clear on, you know, something as maybe some people will think it as deep, like what it means to be human, you know, and what it means to consider those deeper questions for ourselves and, you know, and really get intentional about our lives and what we want. And, and I think, like you've just said, Catherine, the, the world we want to live within. Mm. Because, you know, you and I know we get to create it. We create our lives from our beliefs and our behaviors and what we decide. So what is the world that you want to live within? What's mm. your vision? Well, my vision is to live in an inspired and awakened world. It's quite simple. And everything I do every day is guided by that inner compass and that North Star. And Jane, think of our children. Our children are learning so much right now. And I really want us all to consider our capital, look at capitalism and socialism and how we can marry the two so that everybody is taken care of. And also everybody has a chance to grow and thrive as they put energy into it. So I just, to inspire and to awaken and radiating love, wisdom, and power. Love, wisdom, and power. They're not normally three nouns that you hear in a sentence together. <laughs> mm. So I love that you're speaking to that because in many ways that feels, I mean, it's got a different tone and texture in, in that sentence for me, a different energy than, you know, what I think about when I think about the world before COVID. So, you know, that love, wisdom, and power don't belong in the same sentence. But I hope that this time might be a time for us to, just as we've got in our title, Awaken Ourselves, Our Relationships, and Broader Community. So let me ask you, is that the process? Does it start with ourself and then shift to relationships and then community? Is that the way it works? So all three are interrelated. And the more we recognize the interrelatedness of the three, the more harmonious we'll be. Because I can't be without you, you can't be without me. 
for example. We need to see our, ourselves as part of the human, the human experience. And yet, if we're not coming from that awake place ourselves, if we're not clear on our kind of why and on, on our motivation, then it's very hard to be in right relationship with our relationships and our communities. And vice versa, if people we're in relationship with aren't very clear on what they stand for, then it's more challenging to be in right relationship with, with the other and with our, with our communities. So there's a real invitation as we awaken ourselves with everything that we touch, we become the catalyst for awakening, such as what I think you're doing now, Jane, is really being a catalyst for awakening and creating a, a different form of society that encompasses the well-being of the planet. I mean, it's no co coincidence. You and I are speaking on Earth Day. Right. <laughs> You know, and Mother Earth, you know, we're her guest. Right. So how are we relating to that? If we're not coming from an awake place, if we're just, you know, disregarding the earth, then how is that in right relationship to the extended community? Yeah. And you're speaking to something that, you know, in the, the rhythm and timing of everything that's happened here, you know, the irony of COVID-19, arriving in the midst of all the challenges that we have going on in the planet right now and and our recognition through certainly through the united nations and their sustainable development goals that things need to change we need a framework for change because the way that we're we're living as humans on this planet just ain't working anymore and you know and it's not going to work because we're extracting too many things from mother earth so the irony's not lost on me. And here we are talking, like you say, on Earth Day. And it just puts a huge smile on my face in a way because I think that if we could just live, you know, with just a little bit even of what you're talking about here, if we just knew we were interconnected and we lived as though we were in relationship with every other living thing in the planet, I think that that would just shift everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and don't you think now that very reality is hitting us with this pandemic about how interrelated we are, the fact that this came from a pangolin or a bat and, and here we are now uh, with many people unfortunately getting um, COVID. It, it just shows our interrelatedness and our interconnectedness. And imagine, I think this is also going to require new levels of working together. And I think that's very hopeful for, for our, our children. Imagine also what they're learning right now. Like how we show up right now is, I think, going to be a lasting legacy for the better or for the worse. And I think it will be for the better. Yes. And it certainly is. It's one of those threshold moments, isn't it, where our children and perhaps, you know, are, are going to always remember this time. Maybe they'll be talking to their grandchildren about it. But I think it is a defining moment for me in, in humanity. I mean, I, I have a client. I was actually working with him this morning. He's in his late 70s. 
And he was saying that the changes he's seen during his lifetime, he's seen more changes in the last 10 years than he has in the previous, like, you know, almost 70 years. And, and he was talking about, you know, what it means to be alive at this time and, and how we are going to define this generation and the next generation to come will be, you know, potentially how we respond to this, this crisis that we're going through and the traumas and the fears and the anxieties and the stresses of this time, which are very real for a lot of people. And yet mm-hmm. you and I were talking about hope because I'm with you on this. I stand absolutely by your side in the hope that this is also the opportunity and the invitation for an awakening. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it truly is. Yeah. Um, never has there been such a collective pause. And as things, you know, I think, I suspect it would be quite wave-like for a while. And as things ease, as things ease up, you know, what things do we want to keep? What things do we want to shed? How do we want to work together differently? I think it's just a great opportunity to reevaluate all of that and to also recognize our interconnectedness and our, our sense of service for what yeah. is truly important. Yeah, and I think that's really true. And I, I think, you know, for me, the, it's interesting as you've been talking, I've been feeling a real, um, I don't know if I can actually, I don't know what language to put to it, but it feels a bit like a, a sacred like time, a sacred energy with it. And what I mean by sacred is, I don't mean any connected to any religious ideology, but a time to be kind of, I always think of sacred as being something to honor, really. Um, and that, that kind of feels like the energy is, is here. It's here in the space between you and I talking. You know, and I feel it's around us all at this time, this, this kind of, how are we going to honor ourselves and our relationships, our community, and maybe even the whole human race and the planet? How are we going to feel part of that whole in a way that supports us creating a future that might be more I don't know, regenerative, restorative, sustainable, you know, that's mm-hmm. my hope. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's almost a remembering yeah. that every moment is sacred. Every moment is sacred. Yeah. And the appreciation of the moment and, you know, in, in the book and my work, I often speak about energizing, sustaining, and regeneration, that those are kind of the three fundamental pillars or energetic pillars. And I f- feel like we're in a massive recalibration and re-energization phase. Um, yeah. And look at what the earth is doing, you know? Um, it's truly amazing. It is, the earth is regenerating itself through our collective pause. Right. And I think, Jane, I think you're so right. I think there's an invitation to remember 
the sacredness of the moments. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. It really does. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's funny because like I'm I'm finding myself just kind of wanting to go within to just like really lean into your words and and lean into you know what we're speaking of here it just doesn't seem like something trite that I can just go oh, yeah you know and then brush it off and get on with my day it feels like something that's demanding my attention here it, it's like a deepening it's like okay Jane you've got things you know things you know and there's a sense of this but now it's time to deepen with this let's deepen your relationship with this and I feel that calling to me and uh, yeah it's interesting. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, I love you, Catherine. I really do. And I, I love and want to honor the work that you're doing because in some ways it feels like very innovative and um, like pioneering work. And I know that I know from some of my work in, in this space that it's not always the easiest place to be. You know, um, and it's certainly not the easiest place to be to be the only female in a male boardroom. I know that space too. <laughs> um, but just to honor, you know, your commitment to the path, that's what it feels like to me. It feels like your commitment to your calling, you had a calling, you've responded with a big hell yes. And you're walking that and you're walking your talk. And you are inspiring and awakening as you go. And, you know, what an incredible, meaningful life you're living. Uh, and I just wanted to kind of honor that. I really mm. did. Now, before I bring our conversation to a close, I just want to ask you one final question. If there is something that you'd hoped we'd get to today some wisdom something you'd want to share with our listeners what might it be that's a great question the, the sentence that came up is the future is in our hands so the future's in our hands, and that implies that how we operate today and in this moment will have profound impacts on the, the hearts, the heads, and the actions of future generations. So for us all to really consider who we are, what we stand for, why we're here, and how we can contribute to awakening a better world and better planet for everybody. Wow. Thank you. So clear, so simple, so profound. Oh, Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your soul with us today. I really feel like we've heard yourself speak. Thank you so much. I love you, Jane, and thank you for leading this path. Thank you. So guys, that's all we have time for today. My gosh, 
this episode of Sacred Changemakers. You know, it was brought to you today by some very special people. That is our sacred community of individuals who have a calling and are committed to making the world a better place. You, dear listener, are not here by accident. You were born for these times. We can all be change makers. And as you've just heard, the world needs you. But perhaps you don't know how to make a meaningful difference or what you can do to help. So if life is feeling a little chaotic, a little overwhelming, and you're looking for sanctuary, if you're interested in connecting with some lovely people, if you have a sense that there's something more to life, but you're not sure what it is, perhaps you have a deeper purpose or calling, then we invite you to explore this and so much more in community with us. Expand your awareness, clarify your purpose and learn how to make a meaningful impact in your life and the lives of others. Because the members are actually our sponsors who help us to produce this podcast for you. So if our episode resonated with you today, we hope you'll consider joining us. Just go to sacredchangemakers.com. And for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your efforts and intention to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.